Welcome in to the Paul Kuharski podcast. I'm Paul Kuharski of paulkuharski.com here at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana. I've got three great interviews for you today. I'm sponsored by Zen Sports and Jaspers on West End in Nashville, part of 440 Sports. What I've got lined up for you here are three great conversations hitting on the Titans and the NFL draft. We're going to start with Pete Prisco of CBS Sports, go to Dane Brugler of The Athletic, and finally visit with Ben Solak of The Ringer. I think you'll really enjoy all three conversations. We'll dive right in. Pleased to be joined by Pete Prisco, who's never at a lack of things to say. We'll start off Great. Thanks for coming. Uh, Will Levis is a guy nationally who does not get a lot of respect. There's some quarterback lists that are ranking him below guys that haven't been drafted yet. You are uh, very strongly on the other side. I think he's a star. I think he's going to be a star. He was my number one quarterback last year. Yeah. Clearly, C.J. Stroud off to a great start. But I think when you look at Levis and what he can do, he stands in there, he takes the shots, he's smart. He's got a big arm. Uh, he's got some things to work on, obviously, accuracy being one of them. Man, he can strip the ball. And I think the toughest thing for a quarterback is to be able to stand in and take contact, hit after hit, and make the throws. And he proved last year with that bad offensive line that he could do. The uh, Titans offensive staff was not great in Mike Vrabel's last year. Now you've got Brian Callahan, an offensive mind, the first offensive coach for the Titans since and certainly Wisenhus had his issues. People excited in Nashville about finally having, you know, a quote-unquote modernized offense without this uh, looming, you know, if you have a good coordinator, he's going to leave kind of thing, a play-calling offensive coach. How much do you think Callahan and his offensive brain trust will benefit Levis and be able to match it? Big time. I think it's a great hire. And I, I think when you look at the Titans over the years. Over the years. And I'm talking back, go back 25 years. What's been our identity? Run the ball. Run. Run the ball. Jeff run Fisher's it. famous quote to right. you? Yeah, run it harder. <laughs> run it harder. What have you heard? Second and, uh, second and 20. Run it harder. And that's been their identity. And so I think you need to get away from that. You need to get with the times. And I think Callahan will allow that to happen. So we'll spin off of that. Um, Eric Henry heading to free agency. 30. A lot of tread on the tires. Those first two years, he, he didn't carry a lot. He's obviously carried a lot. The way people are using running backs is different. Callahan's going to want a route runner. Tajay Spears, who looked pretty good. Titans already paying $4.7 million in dead money from voidable years. What are you imagining Derrick Henry's future is? What do you imagine Derrick Henry's market is? I don't think it's going to be a great market. I, I mean, running backs. I mean, there, there's not a great market for any of them. You draft them, you run them into the ground, you draft another. They ran Derrick Henry into the ground, and now they're going to get another one. So it's cool. It's a cool business for an NFL running back, but that's the reality of it. Uh, I think they go in a different direction. You get another guy to compliment Spears, and I think it'd be fun. Do you think, like I do, that Henry's situation doesn't get resolved until, like, July? Probably. It's, yeah. it's going to take a little time. A Titans fans are going to have a really hard time with that. But he kind of said goodbye to him. He knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he winds up in a place like Baltimore, which seems like like the kind yeah. of fit? But also they're very smart in terms of the young thing you that you're talking about. What kind of contract you get? I mean, because, you, you know, he's a back who's at the end. And, and he, he is at the end because running backs go off the cliff quickly yeah. when they get to his age. So you got to be careful with the contract. 
All right, let's turn to the draft. I'm going to list for you four guys. I want you to put them in order. Uh, because I think the Titans' number seven pick is one of these four. Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, Joe Alt, and Olu Fashan. Okay, if, if I had to, if to pick that group, it's it's Neighbors. I think Neighbors is close, if not better, than Marlon Harris. I love Neighbors. Weibo's got the speed. He's going to be a big-time player. He's clear one in that group. I'd probably go that group. I'd probably put Alt at two. Uh, you know, strong physical tackles. Not not quite as physical as his father was, by the way, because nobody is anymore. But uh, the physical tackle. Then the kid from Penn State would be three, and then Agunsi would be four. And and was much improved last year. The year before, not very good. I thought. Do you think all four of them are worth seven? Uh, probably not Agunsi and Lions. The other three, I would consider them. And if I'm the Titans, and I hired Callahan and the father, I'm getting an offensive line. And as bad as they need that speed, they need to up, upgrade that speed with that quarterback. You got to protect that. Find a receiver in the second team. Right. Find us. Does Brock Bowers come anywhere no. into your thinking? No. No, absolutely not. What range is Brock Bowers going? Fifteen. Ten to fifteen. Is, is he going to be? Uh, you know, a guy that ends up mentioned with these great tight ends. Well, I mean, if you look at the tight end position last year, let's go to the championship games. Kittle, not a first round pick. Porta, not a first round pick. Mark Andrews, not a first round pick. And uh, Travis Kelsey, not a first round pick. So, and all tremendous. All tremendous. So, I mean, there were a ton of them. Tremendous tight ends, and somebody reach for that. And there were a ton of them. Then you go to the top 10 picks. Well, picks didn't work out. Right? I mean, a lot of guys haven't worked out that spot. So don't take them too early. No. What do you think of Callahan Harpon as a leadership duo in the AFC South? To be determined. I mean, we don't know. Everybody always says, oh, this guy's a good offensive coach. Until you get in a room and you're a leader of men and you're a coach of coaches, you don't know what they're going to do. None of them. And, and, and it's always been that way. Everybody says, oh, yeah, great success as a coordinator. So what? It doesn't matter. you got to be able to lead the room, lead the men, and you got to be able to coach the coaches. The trend very much in this hiring cycle towards this collaborative, everybody's going to be nice and so the get, get along. So the right? get yeah, but are you surprised how far that trend went to the point where uh, uh, Belichick's an extreme but didn't get but warm look, Grable, is not as much a Belichickian guy as he maybe was portrayed in this. Maybe got caught up in the build stuff, wound up with no job. It seems like they really swung to, to that side. Well, and yeah. is it going to swing back as soon as next? Well, I think the job's too big for this that one guy, the dominant guy. I don't. I think the job always has been too big, at least in the last 15 years. But I don't so, think Brable's looking no, at Brable, yeah, I mean, No, Brable, no. I'm surprised Mike's not a coach. Mike's a good I football think coach. I mean, I, I, if you want a guy that's going to come in and, and put something uh, into leading that locker room, that's him. He could do that. And, and look, this is an offense sometimes a little outdated. Of course it is. He'd have to get with the times. So. Yeah, but give him also personnel that where right. he doesn't inherit a great right. running back. Right, or an offensive line that can't block. I mean, yeah, I get it. But but, but I, I think when you look at it, Mike should be coaching with you. He will be. Give me your uh, surprise guy in this draft who you think maybe is under-talked about at this point is going to be in stuff. Like a down-the-line guy or yeah. um, or one of the first-round guys? Just your guy. Okay. Well, um, it's hard for me to say my guy yet. I'll give you a little Pratt from, from Second, third round, third or fourth round. 
he's going to end up being with, he gets with like the 49ers offense. He's going to end up being with the How about a sneaky free agent? Titans have a lot of money, but they're going to be crafty. But it doesn't have to be a Titans guy. There's a free agent that's going to go somewhere and make a difference. That's not getting Michael a ton of money. Yeah. yeah. If I'm the Is he a tackle or a guard? I think he's a guard. Yeah. Play tackle last year, and he was good at it, but he's much better guard. If I'm the Titans, I think. Yeah. I, I'm thinking the Titans could do a lot of damage on the offensive line, just not at left tackle in free no. agents. No. You draft that left tackle. If I, the Titans can fix their offensive line quite easy. You have left bars, even though he got hurt when he had the affidavit, he didn't play as well when he came back. He's the left Now bar. he's got a superior coach. I mean, Duncan had talent. He's just he's still he's so, right. But if you don't if you don't get this left, but you get maybe you go get Andre James at center. Yeah. Maybe you go get uh on Renew at right guard, and then you move from there and see what you get. And there are a lot of options. Yeah. Hans Zeitler, yeah, there's Bush a lot of guys. Those are quality guys. guys. Just not left back. No, no left side. And, and the Trent Brown, unless you want the Titans' big problem to me is that they need people at premium positions, and premium positions don't get the free left tackle, top flight wide receivers, corner. top flight corners aren't getting there. You no. got to draft them in level. Yeah, and they can't do all of that without a third round pick. Right, the first and second round, and then you got to wait till the fifth. Yeah, but but but. You have the fourth. Now build it away. And be patient. Build. Is this division now set? You, you and I have been in this division for our whole careers, really. Is is this division in two years going to be the best it's been top to bottom? Because of quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, you look at all four quarterbacks. You, you, you talk about three rookies last year and Trevor Lawrence, who didn't play well that year, but he's got the talent to be a big-time player. So, yeah, this division, is it's going to be tough to win it now. Pete Prisco from CBS Sports. Check him out there. Good friend of mine and everything I've been associated with for a long time. Really appreciate it, Pete. Good to be with you. Pleased to have my annual visit with the Athletics' Dane Brugler, the best draft analyst in the business. Got to find my notebook here because I've got so much to ask him. Appreciate the time. Thanks for squeezing me in. Um, wide receiver and left tackle desperation in Tennessee. Um, if you're waiting for one till the second round, popular opinion seems to be wait on the wide receiver, even though you can get a premier wide receiver at seven. You agree maybe. with that thinking? If one's there for you at seven, maybe. I, there's a good chance we see top three receivers off the board in the top six. I, I think that's very real. Quarterback, 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 receiver, receiver, receiver. Wouldn't be shocked at all if that's the first six picks. Wow. And if that happens, it makes your decision easier. Yeah. Um, but wide receiver will uh, stretch more than tackle. There's no doubt about it. We're going to see a lot of tackles go in the first round. Then there's a drop. And you're, I don't think you feel great about the cap that will be there for you in the second round. So if that, it, I'm of the belief that in the first round, you take the best player. You take who is going to best impact your roster, but I understand the thinking of, well, let's be smart about this and make sure as we project second, third round, we're taking the position that we uh, know is going to be a little scarce later on, and we know we can get that receiver later. So, yeah, I, I, I do. I think, what about Brock Bowers? Do, do you think he's considered? I, I don't know. That would, that's, um, I, I mean, that's uh, figuring out where Brock Bowers is going to win the first round is fascinating. And the Titans are one of those teams – and maybe maybe that's it. Maybe they move back five spots, yeah. you know, and then becomes maybe more realistic. They could go that direction. Yeah. Um, 
But again, I'm a belief that you take the best player available in the first round, especially when you're picking top 10, you come away with that blue chip. You come away with the guy that uh, is really going to impact your roster. And so, where do you stack Bowers versus Neighbors, Dunze, Alton, Sean? You know, it's tough because they're, you know, for every offense, they're going to be a little bit different with what they give you. Like, if you're the Titans, you better be convinced that you have the play caller in place and the the plan in place to use Bowers to uh, justify where you're taking. See, I think Callahan talks perimeter a lot. Right. And they don't have right. really anything on the perimeter. And that's that's big. That's huge because in the if you don't have an extra receiver, it's hard to shop for because there's not a ton out there. Right. So that's why I think there's a good chance we see receivers go off the board four, five, six because you know the Cardinals obviously could use one. There's a good chance Chargers trade out of there at five, even if they stick and pick. They could go. Uh, it's hard to pass on a guy like Blake Neighbors, and then uh, you know at six, I could see them taking a tackle or a, a wide receiver. So, and then we could see trades. I think I think we're gonna see trades in the top ten this year. So we don't always get trades in the top ten this year with the quarterbacks, with the receivers. We're gonna see some action. Let's let's compare Neighbors and Adunze. Mm-hmm. If if in an ideal world they they had both on the board, what what's uh, who, who do you think would be better for? It would be a great problem to have. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, you cannot name the three best players in this draft without mentioning Malik Neighbors. Can't do it. He's that good of a player. Um, he's led the SEC in receiving the last two years. He's not 21 until the summer. He is a young kid. Uh, the acceleration he plays with before and after the catch, he's the first receiver that I can really remember watching his film and being like, okay, this guy was a stud seven on seven player on betting because the way he moves, the way he gets open, and looking back and doing the research on it, he was a big time seven on seven player. So, uh, I, you want a guy, in my opinion, explosive plays translate. Nobody had more explosive plays at receiver this year than Malik Davis. He had 34 catches at 20 plus yards. That's going to translate to the next level. And if I'm looking to get better at receiver, I, I feel good about all three of these guys. But Malik Neighbors, to me, is that second receiver behind uh, only Marvin Harrison. All right, let's do the same game with Alt and Fashan. And it comes down to philosophy, I think. What do you, exactly what do you want in your tackle? Alt's more the more well-rounded guy. Fashanu is more of your pass protector who isn't a bad run blocker. He's just not a strength of this. Um, and so it just depends on what exactly you want. That, for me, that's why Alt's my top tackle is because he's more well-rounded. You think Bill Callahan, though, with his hands on Olu would? Yeah, it can't. It obviously can't hurt. And he, with the way that Olu moves, his body control, the way he can sink his weight, and he's a sharp guy. I mean, Olu Fashi is one of the smartest players in this draft. So I have no doubt he's going to get better at it, especially with a coach like Coach Callahan. But, you know, at the same time, do you already go with uh, a guy like Alt, who is the more, more well-rounded guy? Plus, he has absolutely Joe Walsh has been playing tackle for about three and a half years. He, you know, he's the son of a former pro bowler with the Chiefs. He blocked his dad blocked for Joe Montana growing up, uh, or when uh, before Joe was born. And then when Joe was growing up, his dad didn't let, or make him be an offensive lineman. He wanted him to be an athlete. And so he's playing quarterback and tight end. And it wasn't until his senior year of high school that they really gave him tackle reps. And then uh, he goes to Notre Dame, and the improvements he showed year after year were really impressive. And you feel like they're still. Uh, he has yet to reach a ceiling. There's still ways to go. Titans really need corner help. They don't have a third rounder because mm-hmm. of the Will Levis trade. Who the realistic fourth round corner who could conceivably help them early? 
Um, you know, corner, I think there's a lot of good corners in this draft. Um, you know, one of my favorites is Andrew Phillips. Uh, actually, you're kind of, I don't know if he'd be a fit for the Titans because he kind of reminds me of Roger McCreary, yeah. a guy already on the roster. I uh, think they probably locked McCreary in at nickel, too. Right. I thought he was pretty good last year, the one good thing in their secondary. Mm-hmm. So who may be a more of a perimeter guy? Um, so, let's see here. Look at, round. I looked at Rake Straw, Hart, some guys on the beat are big on Cam Hart. Okay, I mean, yeah, that, that would, like that's him? around the range he's going to go. I think Rake Straw will go in a second. Uh, Cam Hart, I mean, you're going to see what he runs here because he's really long. He's big. He's long. Can't, you can't, uh, you know, teach that. Is he a four-five-five guy, or is he a four-four-four-five guy? You know, I'm, I'm eager to see what he runs here because there are times on film where you kind of worry about that speed, and he's a little up and down on tape. But again, in the fourth round, you're sacrificing something. So yeah, Cam Hart's a name that would make sense. You got an edge in the fourth or later who maybe is is missing some measurable, mm-hmm. but who's got a knack for getting to the quarterback who, who might be. A Dane Brugler guy? Yeah, I mean, Mo Kamara from Colorado State. He's one of those guys uh, who he's undersized, and you worry about on a, you know, being a true every-down player. He's not that guy, but as a sub-package guy, someone you can bring in and give you that juice off the edge. Yeah, Kamara's a hard guy to build. And we throw on the Colorado tape, uh, throw on the uh, you know, it's a Nevada tape, I believe. You they could block him. Um, I mean, he is a that's trying game. He was hard to block. So he's a guy that will be doubted throughout the process. But I know uh, just the way he plays, how far he plays, and the athlete that he is, I think he's got a shot. As somebody who's fascinated by the process, how far along is the beast, your draft guide, and what are your work days like when you get back home after the combine? It's about 70% done. I don't know. I get anxiety just thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> I would think you'd like pass that by now, but well, I think that's probably what helped make it so good. I mean, 250, I've done with like 250 reports done, you know, but you just have to go fill in. There's always numbers. little thing like this week at the combine, I'm picking up so much stuff that maybe, you know, little fill in the gap stuff, um, you know, cause these, the way I view it is all these players are puzzles. And there's puzzle pieces everywhere. You just got to go find them. And talking to the right people, uh, watching all the tape, and all, and you pick up all these puzzle pieces to give you a more clear picture of who each player is. So that's my job is to find all the puzzle pieces. And this is a big event for me here to really gather up a lot of those puzzle pieces, go home, figure it all out, and then yeah, the month of March doesn't happen for me. Last one is: Is there any chance you said that you could see three quarterbacks, three receivers? Any chance a fourth quarterback could could draw a trade to yes, seven? Absolutely, I think that's that's what I was referring to. If they say the Vikings at eleven, you know, and because I think 11, 12, 13, even fourteen for the Saints in there. So Vikings, so it's McCarthy Broncos, we're talking about, probably, yeah. yes, right. And I think this is a big week for McCarthy. Obviously, I, the interviews he'll do well. He'll he'll he'll, uh, he'll crush those on the field with the top three guys not throwing. Can McCarthy take advantage and really show out? I mean, C.J. Stroud last year was the best on-field passing session I've ever seen. Can McCarthy go out there and not have that type of performance, but still impress? He's got the opportunity. He's got the stage. Uh, but again, I think the interviews here, that's what's really going to set him apart. And uh, those four teams, wouldn't be surprised if we see one of them try to trade up to three to get one of the quarterbacks. And if they can't, seven, five, the Chargers, seven, the Titans, some landing spots that make sense. Dane Brugler of The Athletic, kind enough to join me on the Paul Kowarski podcast. If you are not reading him at The Athletic, you are not getting the full draft experience. Thanks a lot, my friend. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you.
We pause here to tell you about our sponsors. First off, uh, Zen Sports. If you're in Tennessee and you're not betting with Zen Sports, you're missing out. You need to download their app, Zen Sports. Uh, put in the code TNPAUL, TNPAUL, and make a bet of at least $10 with something of the odds of plus 500 or less. Boom. Free membership to paulkuharski.com for a year. They foot the bill. That's quite an excellent deal. Lots of great parlays going on right now. College basketball, the NBA, the NHL. Um, so jump on there and uh, make a bet. You've got a first uh, bet, no danger, first wager. So you can bet a lot more than $10. Have the security of knowing that if you win, you're bankrolling your account. And if you lose... And you haven't lost anything within 24 uh, hours. They will <laughs> refund your account, so you'll be set. I'm also sponsored by Jasper's, which is a great restaurant on West End Avenue uh, between downtown and midtown. Free parking, free games that you could play like uh, air hockey and pop a shot while you wait for your meal before you head into order. Cold drinks, great food, great service. Uh, did I mention the free parking? They're great to me. They'll be great to you. Head over there to eat. Ben Solak of The Ringer is so often referred to as the young up-and-comer. probably gets annoying. I'm going to pile on. My parents and his grandparents uh, were good friends. Yeah. My parents know his parents, obviously. I went to religious retreats with his mom. So there's the age gap there. Back in the day. What's it, like, what's it like to be so young and popular? Uh, it's tough. People resent you. They'd like for you to be a little older. I'd love to look a little older. I'm, I'm going a day at a time as fast as I can trying to get up there. Yeah, well, you're doing just fine. Um, I'm going to be scattershot. The free agent wide receiver market is yeah. thin because people hold on to good for wide receivers. Uh, you have a, do you have a guy in the field who you think would be a nice piece of an upgrade for the Tennessee Titans as they try to modernize their offense yeah. and have an offensive head coach? For the first time since the great Ken yeah. I'd be interested in, in a Darnell Mooney try. I think that you heard Brian Callahan say a couple of times, we need speed, right? They want to get faster there. Uh, stretch the field a little bit more. Mooney was an interesting cat in Chicago when he was the primary target. You know, had some good production, struggled with drops and inconsistency. I think he always was going to be better as more of like a second or a third option. That was going to be a better role for him. And he starts to move into that role this year with Chicago. DJ Moore shows up, but they really... They funneled targets to Moore and Cole Komet. They kind of they didn't have a, a prolific enough passing offense to kind of actually support a wide receiver two or three like that. So Mooney in Tennessee, I think you can do a short-term deal with him, see if he can be that field-stretching big play guy for you, if he's consistent enough, veteran enough now that he's a little bit older. And if you need him to take on some higher target games, you have some injuries, got to step into wide receiver one role. You know he's done that before. And Ty Tolbert, his position coach, is now with the Titans. I don't know if we have a sense of whether he was part of limiting Mooney in Chicago. Yeah. Or if he says, hey, this is a guy that could help us here, but uh, interesting connection nonetheless. You've got Josh Jacobs as your first uh, running back amongst this really big veteran class. Yeah, It's going to be really interesting to see how these guys shuffle out. Where do you have Derrick Henry in that? Yeah, so like I think Jacobs and Saquon are the two that I think could take a lion's share of the carries and, and be highly productive, put out one of those top seasons, still three-down guy. I think Henry's in the next tier where you just don't want to be 
asking for that level of volume. Obviously, the Titans did for so long, and he was very productive. But that wears on your body. That gets you. He's getting up there in age. I think he can be a very useful player for the next three, four, five years in the league. But I think it's more so as an early down back, more so as the hammer to to, to an accompanying lightning. Uh, I think I think of him as in that second tier. I hope that he lands at a spot where they'll still give him those rumbling carries. They'll get in the center and let him go. Because when he's healthy and successful early in the season, he's still a, a dangerous player. I picture him as not uh, resolved until July. Yeah. Think, and many of those running backs probably people wait, not just until after the draft, but kind of until they yeah. maybe see their undrafted running back on the field a little bit, stuff like that. You kind of think that's a likely timetable for a lot of these guys? Yeah, and I think I, 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 it certainly can be. I think it really makes sense for a guy like Henry who, is a little bit older, probably isn't going to get, you know, potentially like a three-year deal structure, but it's going to be more one or two years. But you want to make sure the team is healthy, make sure the quarterback's healthy, make sure things look nice and it's the right fit. There's no reason, reason to race for that. Team, playoff teams are going to want a Derrick Henry, right? They're going to want him in July and August and September and October. So if you're comfortable letting that thing go a long time, you can really land with a team that's going to make a deep run. I'm fascinated by uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s, like, no, I'm not training for any of this. Yeah. I'm going to be a football guy. Are you with me on the, on this uh, fantasy idea that it would be wonderful if it could be like that forever? So they're dropping their lives to become track guys for three months. Right. Basically putting real football on hold. I asked Chris Ballard about this, and he said, well, they're still training to run. But I asked Callahan about it, and he was like, well, you know, we need to see this stuff, so they need to do it. Wouldn't it be great, though, if they didn't need to see this stuff and they could right. watch the football and these guys could do football? Yeah, absolutely. I think with, with the, the, the thing about Marvin Harrison Jr. is he's got top five tape and he's got NFL pedigree. So he's as secure as you can be in the body of work right now. Hey, I'm going to go be a good pro, so I don't need to mess with this. You got a round four guy, and he can get, he can make money by putting a good 40 out there, by putting a good broad jump out there. And so for a lot of the guys who don't have the pedigree and they don't have the elite tape, like this is a legitimate opportunity to put good testing numbers out there to move your stock up in the class. But for more and more of the top guys, I think Marvin Harrison, I'm not going to mess around with my Achilles, my ankle, my, my, my ligaments. I know I'm good at football. I'm going to stay ready for football. I'm not going to train my body to do something else. That's intuitive to me. That makes sense. So Harrison might start a little something for time. If if enough guys go that direction, and and maybe this is a ten year movement, yeah, whatever. You think we get to a point then when the league entices them maybe by by paying for a combine performance, oh. or, or do we think uh, these NFL fans are just turning on the TV anyway and don't watch the fourth round or run? And, and if Harrison doesn't yeah. run, Harrison doesn't run. Uh, if, yeah. if 10 Harrisons don't run, 10 Harrisons. Hanging them would be, would be a surprise. I don't think it would get there. What I do think you'll start to see is that, all right, a Marvin Harrison Jr. might be able to get away with this. But if his name, if he had the same player and his name weren't Marvin Harrison Jr., if it was Bob Myers, like, it, it would be hard to do what he's doing, right? He has the Janica legacy. They, they know that he'll know how to prepare, and, 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 and he will take preparation seriously when he gets to the league. I think if, if this expands and becomes more popular, you'll see some guys who do it thinking they're safe, and the stock will drop. And that'll kind of calibrate to the league saying, hey, some of you can get away with this, but some of you can't. You have to come here and you have to run your best. Was the good of Will Levis enough to get your attention to think that he could be the guy for the Titans nationally? A lot of people seem to be really dismissive of him. Yes, it was. Uh, I, I, I want to see it another year, right? I'm not, you know, starting to sketch out what the contract, right. contract looks like just yet. But no, there were stretches, especially, you know, tough offensive line play, wide receiver injuries. Levis had to kind of sit back there and you know, play like a screen, screen, dink, dunk, dink, dunk, and shot offense. I think they want to be more than that. But Levis was tough throughout that. He had moments of, uh, of good accuracy and good aggressiveness and playmaking ability down that. 
he had a couple of you know at the Atlanta win, the Dolphins win. He had stretches of runs. You say, okay, like this is what this is what it could look like. This could work. There's absolutely enough there with Levis. You say, okay, let's give this guy a nice year on Brian Callahan, full season. He's starting taking all the ones reps. We put him out there week one. It's not going to be perfect. We want to see what he looks like week 13 to 18. Let's see how much better we can get this young man. And you might end up at the end of the season and go, oh, we need another year with Brian Callahan and figure this out. Maybe he keeps, maybe he doesn't. Maybe no, he's not. Maybe you know he's not the guy. You don't set any clear benchmarks. You just let's give him a year to learn. Let's get him some good weapons out there. Let's see what we can go into. Finally, uh, in your most recent mock, you went uh, Penn State offensive line all yeah. for the Titans. Um, I'm presuming that means, and I don't remember who you had gone wide receiver wise. Yeah. Clear choices there. I'm with you that I think they got to solve left tackle first and foremost. As desperate, and I've been on them for 25 years about their failures at wide receiver. I can't believe there's yeah. a day where I'm saying, no, don't take the wide receiver. But you've got McCarthy going eight to Atlanta. Do you think that there could be a scenario where somebody wants to get the sevens for McCarthy ahead of Atlanta and then puts the Titans in a situation where they could still maybe get their guy a little yeah. lower and maybe recoup, you know, they don't have that third rounder because of the weather. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a little bit of a tricky draft to trade back in because I don't mind going further back than uh, 13, 14, 15. Once I have to get to the late, 20, late, late teens into the 20s, I don't want to go that far back. I think there's a pretty steep drop off in the first round. And so I, I like, okay, seven to 13, the Vikings come up and we'll get their guy. Seven to 11, the Broncos come up and come get their guy. I'll move back a little bit and still take a top tackle. I don't want to be flying back in the first round this year. Uh, so I, I do think those worlds will exist. The Patriots at three and the Chargers at five are also both having to trade back teams. So you're going to have to drum up business for seven up against those other defenders. Maybe they come back and then come forward a little yeah. bit, but I don't know. I mean, Rand Carthon's not super experienced with that. Yeah. You know, Titans fans would really be fretting if they went to 14 and needed to come back up to get one of those primary tackles. Ben Solak of the Ringer, don't miss his stuff from now to the draft and beyond. One of the best there is out there. Appreciate you joining me. It's great, Thank to, you, Paul. great to meet you finally yeah, after we've talked so much online. Thanks for joining the Paul Kuharski podcast, everybody. Please uh, subscribe, like, rate, and review. All of that means a great deal. Uh, I'll have a um, video for uh, a video conversation with members shortly to discuss everything that's gone on here at the Combine. If you're not a member, you can't be part of that. You've got to sign up to get in on that. Remember, don't block the box and be sure to lock your locks.